0: The Shep Nas Podcast begins now. It's the Shep Nas Podcast, a podcast here at Shepherd Church. Everything we do here is to help people take their next step toward Jesus. This podcast is part of that. We then help you engage daily in your spiritual development. We put these out each and every day so that you can become closer to Jesus. Uh, today, Pastor Rob Paul is here. We're going to continue our conversation uh, talking about the latest sermon in our series called When in Exile. We're looking at the book of 1 Peter. And so if you missed yesterday's episode, you're going to want to catch up with that. And we were talking about what it looks like to become a new creation, to be reminded of our identity and that where we are doesn't dictate who we are, but what God has done for us does that. And today- Day, we're going to dive into the next piece of that so rob welcome man
1: yeah thank you um yeah last last yesterday we were talking about um this whole idea of um identity and mm-hmm. so when the the christians that were in the diaspora or dispersed because of the persecution go to this new place paul's like, or peter's like listen don't forget who you are yeah. you know it's like remember who you are so he's wanting well, to remember their yeah. identity, right? And I, truthfully,
0: as we as we like boil things down to what it looks like to be Christians, identity is that is one of those things that if we could just remember who we are, it would change everything.
1: Well, and if we acted like who we really were, right? If we, we yeah, if we knew first most of the time we don't know it, and then when if we, we knew it, and then we apply, we it.
0: allow it to be what kind of drives us. Yes. Um, when we, talk about, when we talk about like these big questions of life, one of them is identity. Yeah. And, and if you don't know who you are, you're going to be aimless and you're going to be looking for that identity. And, yep. you know, we work with teenagers, I've been a teenager for a long time, and so view you, that looking for who you are, trying to find your identity, and oftentimes in terrible places yeah. and in terrible things
1: that are fleeting, that are destructive, that, right. that don't last and the danger is if you build your identity on something that doesn't last, when it goes away, you don't yeah. know who you are anymore. Absolutely, And you experience this crisis of who am I? Yeah. And 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 Peter saying, no matter what's happened to yeah. you, your identity doesn't change because mm-hmm. of who who where you are or what's happened to yeah. you. Has I mean, he's talking to be... people that have lost everything. Yeah, and he's like, you're you're still the same person. Yeah. you still are an heir. You know all that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah. So. So then what happens after Peter talks about their identity, he's like, I want to remind you of the inheritance that you have because of your relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, you have stuff that didn't get burned up in the fire. Like many of these people lost everything, yeah. right? And so he says in verse 3, he says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is kind of like a doxology. Yeah. Uh, in his great mercy, he has given us new birth, which we talked about in our mm-hmm. identity but he says, also, we have a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So, so a lot of people take this passage of Scripture and say, this is the theme of the entire book of uh, First Peter, mm-hmm. and that is that we have a living hope. And so you think about this phrase, living hope. What is a living hope? And, and so on Sunday, I was kind of contrasting the difference between a living hope and wishful thinking. Because well, okay, yeah. they're different, yeah. right? Absolutely. So, so wishful thinking is just kind of hoping that something will happen in the future. Uh-huh. It's kind of like me saying, like, well, I hope I win the lottery. There's, there, it's just it's just by chance. I might throw out some numbers, but I might win. Mm-hmm. Or I hope that my kids turn out good. Or I hope things work out for my job. Or I hope I can make it to the next paycheck. Mm-hmm. Those are just, it's like, I'm just hoping that something will happen in the future that's good for me. Mm-hmm. There's, that's wishful thinking, right? But a living hope is different. A living hope is based on the reality of something that has already happened, and it guarantees the future. So where a wishful thinking is just hoping that something will happen in the future, a living hope is based on the reality of something that has already happened Mm -hmm. and guarantees the future. And Peter says that this living hope that we have is, is that we live in the hope of eternal life because Christ rose again from the dead. Mm-hmm. So he's going all the way back to the resurrection and saying, we don't have to wish, think wishfully. It's not, uh, it's not, that wasn't good. <laughs> That's was bad English. We don't <laughs> yeah. have to hope like with a wishful thought yeah. that we're going to make it to heaven. We can know because our Savior was crucified, yeah. died, and on the third day rose again right? Absolutely. Uh, the, the different version of the Bible says, we have been born into a new life that has a confidence which is alive because Jesus has come back to life. So the difference is like I, when I'm wish – if I'm if I have if I'm just hoping for something, I'm hoping that something will happen in the future and it may or may not but there's, and there's no, no way of guaranteeing it.
0: Yeah, there's – yeah.
1: Yeah, and Peter's like, no, we have a living hope and the living hope is mm-hmm. is Jesus. He's alive. Like he was dead, he came back to life, he's alive – and everything that he said because he came back to life can be counted on. So we, we have this living hope. And then he goes on and he says, as as the church, exiled church, we also possess a permanent inheritance in heaven. So he says in verse 3 and 4, he has given us an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade kept in heaven for you. Mm-hmm. So there's three things in there that he says. First of all, it's an, it's something that can never perish. So so this word imperishable means literally that it is not subject to breaking down, therefore it lasts forever. So Peter says the reward that you have coming is never going to break down, it's never going to nothing's going to happen to mm-hmm. it. It's going to be there forever and it's never going to spoil, which means it's undefiled and that it's free from any blemish and it's pure. So it's 100% what God said he's going to give you, he's going to give you. Okay. And it's never going to fade, which means that it's, uh, and and to fade means that it's characterized by never losing its quality or beauty. In other words, this reward that we have will never lose its magnificence. Yeah. Like it's not going to wear out. It's not going to get old. Like, you know, you go to places sometimes it gets old, you know, it's like you see some incredible, beautiful sight and it's like, oh, this is kind of, you know, have you seen it a hundred times? You kind of like, you take it for granted or mm-hmm. whatever like Peter's like what you're going to get in heaven there's no way to take for granted it's never going to get old you're going to always see something new you're always going to be amazed by it and and then he says this inheritance is kept in heaven for you and this is a like a quick phrase at the end of the of the verse that you could just read right over and miss but the the word this whole phrase kept in heaven for you um, means that that the inheritance is guarded for you in heaven. It's yeah. like the Greek word is like reserved, which, and, and here's, you know, I, sometimes I talk about how the grammar matters. Um, this is one of those things where the Greek grammar matters. This word um, kept is a perfect passive participle. I wish my English teacher could hear me. <laughs> perfect passive participle, but it means that it's already there and it's being actively watched over and guarded. So in other words, Jesus isn't working on your reward; mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's there now, yeah. and it's and it's and then no one can come and steal it because it's being actively guarded. Mm-hmm. Guarded. It's, it's not only is it imperishable and pure and unfading; it is secure, yeah. right? Like Jesus, is like no one's going to take your reward. And this is an important thing to say to people who just lost. I was just going to say that.
0: Yeah, they just lost everything. They're in in exile. They don't have a home. Right. They're basically wandering around. Yep. And do not have. The things that they thought that they would pass on to their families is gone. Yeah. All during the season of Lent, we are reading through the Gospels as we draw closer to Easter. We invite you to join us. Download the ShepNaz mobile app from your app store or go to
1: ShepNaz.org forward slash left. There you will find links to scripture for each day with a few breaks along the way in case you need to catch up. They got nothing.
0: And they th- it can go away in a blink of an eye, they found out. Yeah. And what Peter's saying, but you have to understand what, what, is ha- what God has for you yeah. will not
1: fade. Yes. He's guarding it and yeah. it's already there. Yep. I, that's that's got to be good news to people yeah. right I mean when you've lost everything that's good news here's the other thing that I think is interesting I think Peter might have been thinking about something that Jesus said when he said these things because um, on the Sermon on the Mount Jesus said this he said do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy mm-hmm. and where thieves break in and steal uh, and if Jesus was talking to these guys he might have said where fire destroys mm-hmm. right um, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy where thieves are not breaking and steal for where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. So Peter was there when yeah, Jesus preached that. Yeah, I was say, he was so, eyewitness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, I don't, if, if he, I don't know if he took notes being Peter, he probably didn't, but <laughs> it apparently stuck in his brain, right? Yeah. That Jesus said this and he's passing this same piece of information on to the, um, the believers in, in, uh, in exile here. Um, and so this was, this was a really good piece of news as well for them. Um mm-hmm. And then the other thing is that the exiled church possesses a divine protection. So, so this is really kind of an extension of the last thing. So Peter's like, your reward is in heaven. Mm-hmm. He's, it's, it's not on order. It's not on back order. Mm-hmm. It's already there. It's being guarded for you. It's secure. It's never going to go away. And then he goes, and by the way, God is protecting your salvation too. Mm-hmm. So he says in verse 5, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. And what I think here is that Peter's not saying that that they can never lose their salvation, right? I don't think that Peter is saying that. I believe that what he's communicating here is that there is no way that anyone or anything or any power mm-hmm. can ever steal their salvation. Like he's not saying you can't lose it, because I think Peter has talked before, you can fail, you can walk away from it, you can you can give up on it, right? But if you don't give up on it and you keep pressing in, no one can steal it from you. No Mm -hmm. one can take it from you. And it reminds me of the lyrics to that great hymn, uh, In Christ Alone, where one of the lines says, no power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from his hand, right? Like Peter's saying is like, there's a level of protection for you that if you want to hang on to this relationship with God, it'll never go away. Mm -hmm. No one can ever take it away. And it also makes me think that Peter really listened well when he was around because Paul said something similar to this. So mm-hmm. in the book of Romans, uh, it says in Romans chapter eight, Paul was talking about these things and how there's nothing that could ever be, could take our relationship with God. And here's what's interesting is that Paul wrote the letter to the Romans eight years before Peter wrote this letter. Mm-hmm. So Peter probably read this in the letter that that Paul wrote to the Romans, right? Because uh, we know he's in Rome anyway. And he, and, and he says, can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Doesn't mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death. That That's the life those guys are living. Yeah. That's exactly it. And he says, as Scripture says, for your sake, we are killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. But no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is Mm -hmm. ours through Christ who loved us. And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Peter's like, if you don't want to give up your relationship with God, there's nothing that can take your relationship Mm -hmm. with God away. He's protecting it. He's providing for you. Um, and then he says, just hold on, right? So this is good news. Absolutely. Again, because they've lost everything. So a couple more things. Um, uh, I think we can get through this one before we have to wrap up our time today. But it says, uh, as the exiled church, Peter goes on and he says, you possess a developing faith. So in verse six, he says this. So be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while these trials will show you that your faith is genuine. It's being tested as fire and purifies gold. Uh, And though though your faith is more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So what Peter is basically saying is that, listen, you have a faith that is so important that God is allowing the trials that you experience to refine you and Mm -hmm. mature you. I mean, that's, that's a message they needed to hear as well because they're going through trials. Mm-hmm. And Peter's like, these trials are not for nothing. Mm-hmm. they're God's using them, right? And, and we always know that, that trials are a part of God's plan to help us grow. Um, Peter says, in this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been distressed by various trials. And so it's like what we're we know is that this phrase, if necessary, indicates that there are times in our life where God may cause or allow a trial to come into our life because they're useful for him to use to teach us things about our faith, yeah. right? And so God uses these trials, um, and he brings us su- some—and and the other thing is that Peter recognizes is that these trials often bring suffering, and I think what he's doing is he's validating what they're going through. Yeah. He's not saying, like, guys, just suck it up, get over it. I was going it. it's, it's not, yeah. it's not
0: buck up. It's right. not."
1: He's not giving them mm-hmm. a positive thinking thing. He's no, like, hey, it? you've lost everything. Yeah. I get it. You're suffering. You're going through it. He's not making light of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but what he says is that what God can do with these trials is help us to mature, and our maturity is more important to God than our comfort. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's a hard lesson to hear. I would even say it again. Our spiritual maturity is more important to God than our comfort. Yeah, like to us, comfort is pretty important. We want to be comfortable, mm-hmm. but God's like, if I got to make you uncomfortable to grow you and to teach you something, I'm not above it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, he, and I'm sure everybody listening could raise their hand and say, "Yeah, that I found that to be true mm-hmm. in my life." And Peter talks about how these trials come in a variety of experiences and how they're they're really for a limited amount of time. But the last thing I want to say before we wrap up today is that that. Uh, Peter says that these these fire, these trials purify our faith. Yeah. So verse 70 says, The purpose of these troubles is to test your faith as fire tests how genuine gold is. Yeah. Your faith is more precious than gold, and by passing the test, it gives praise, glory, and honor to God. This will happen when Jesus Christ appears again. So what Peter's referring to is a process that a goldsmith would go through to purify a piece of gold. So he receives this piece of gold. And typically when gold was mined out of the earth, it had impurities in it. And so he had to get rid of these impurities. And th- the typical way yeah. of doing this was uh, fire. It was yeah. the only way back then. They use some chemicals now, but then it was fire. Mm-hmm. And, and I was doing some research on this. And in order to melt gold, this is interesting, the, uh, so that the impurities could be burned up, the fire has to reach 1,000 degrees Celsius. I don't even know what that is in Fahrenheit. A lot. It's a little, it's hot. super hot, hot. right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, you know, wow, that's really hot. And what happens is the gold gets put in a crucible, and it goes into the fire, and then it melts. And as it melts, all of the things that are impurities rise to the top um, because the gold is the heaviest and the impurities rise to the top. And then the goldsmith skims off what they call the dross or the impurities, until, every, and he just goes to this until there's no more impurities that are showing up. And in, in, in the East, it says that the, the goldsmith would keep the gold in the fire until he could see his face reflected in the gold. That's when he would know that the impurities had been mm-hmm. removed. And that's like an amazing, I think that Peter's thinking of that process as yeah. he's using this because that's really the way it is with the Lord, right? Mm-hmm. Like he keeps us in the fire until we can reflect the glory and the beauty of Jesus in our life. That's and so he puts the pressure on us. He puts us in these trials and, and uses trials that maybe come our way. And what he's trying to do is get the impurities out of our life—the things mm-hmm. that aren't that aren't that, that aren't pleasing to him, that don't honor him, and don't glorify him. And trials bring those to the top in our to, in, in our life, right? Mm-hmm. They bring them to the surface, and then God says, "Let's deal with that." And we, He skims it off. We confess it as sin, whatever. We deal with that, and then when all those impurities are gone, our life reflects the life of Jesus. And just like this, and and so it's a it's a good process it's not a fun process it's a painful process it's partly what god was doing with these these believers uh, in, in that peter's writing to and peter's like don't don't um, be mad or angry about this god's using it to make you mm-hmm. the person he wants you to be and and james who is the half brother of jesus um, who incidentally was martyred 2 years before peter wrote this letter wrote in his letter, uh, something very similar. He says we should consider it pure joy when we face trials of many yeah. kinds, because we know that the testing of our faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Mm-hmm. And when we're not lacking anything, we reflect the life of Christ. Yeah. And so, yeah, there's a lot. Good. There's a lot in there uh, that Peter's talking about, and it's, it's you know, it's deep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like we're just digging into this stuff. And I'm like, man, you could talk about some of this stuff for you know you could preach a whole series on just that yeah.
0: just we're seven verses
1: seven verses in seven verses in. yeah yeah then <laughs> yeah. we're gonna go to 12 yeah <laughs> well before the sermon's over yeah but not today
0: well that's that brings us to what we're gonna do we're gonna wrap up our time today but listen if you uh if you missed the sermon for the last couple of weeks you don't want to you don't want to so uh, you can find it on our website shepnaz.org you can go to the messages tab and Kind of dive into those messages. What we do here on the podcast is it's just a sneak peek or a little bit, little bit um, extra nuggets that don't make it in there. So you're going to want to go and, and be a part of that. Keep coming each week as we continue this sermon series. My thanks to Pastor Rob for being here for diving into this. My thanks to Joe for being on the board. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. This podcast is a production of the Shepherd Church of the Nazarene, Gehenna, Ohio. Email to podcast at shepnaz.org and let us know what you think.